Hey everyone, welcome back to Vampire Weekday. Once again, I'm joined by my co-host Kevin as we dive into Mansard Roof off of Vampire Weekend's first LP, Vampire Weekend. Very, uh, this is pinnacle Vampire Weekend in my opinion. You have the string instrumentation, you have the um, collegiate feel, you even have collegiate references. You have the highbrow literature historical allusions within it. This is kind of a good start. And it, it makes sense that it's the first single that Vampire Weekend ever released along with Ladies of Cambridge. Yes, first single, first music video, uh, a great center of gravity uh, for that first record. And I just think about, someone mentioned this on Reddit, how interesting this song sounds. I just think about if you went in cold, I mean, and for the folks that did listen to this for the first time, they truly did go in cold. This is the first you're hearing this sort of sound. Think about how interesting it would be. Cause you'd hear the strings, you might think Beatles and you hear the high pitched guitar. I don't know what you think about that, but hearing it all together for the first time, that never really happened before. That's very cool to me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, especially when the cello comes in in verse, I think around verse two, uh, it's kind of just like, oh shoot, this is this is different. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. Um, I, 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 did, I wrote down my first note uh, here was stone cold banger. So I figured I had to at least say that. Yeah, they, the music <laughs> video is actually one of my favorites. It's really unique. Um, And I feel like we don't see that style quite replicated otherwise um, in their music videos. And I don't really know how to define it. Like it feels familiar, but I don't know what it's familiar from. It feels like you found recordings that your parents took 30 years ago. It's like a home video. It's exactly what it is. That's a really good point. Of them on a boat, just jamming, having a good time. Hanging out. Millions of those well, probably not millions, but thousands of those home videos exist out there mm-hmm. in some like Cape Cod attics. Yeah, they're there. It is intercut with these like little glimpses of other things, which I like tried to pause on a couple and the quality is so bad that you just can't tell what they are. But some of them are like books and they, they all have these, again, it establishes this like collegiate feel. One of them, it looks like is a, a, maybe a flute um so yeah it's definitely this like academic setting even though they're going out for the weekend on the boat and the people on the front of the boat those were not the members of the band is i mean those look like actors right am i did i see that correctly are you saying in the music video or in the music video oh i think i missed this where at the beginning it just, i mean you don't see you don't see their faces really um but like just oh, yeah. getting a look at them those don't look like members of the band. No, they're not. Huh. Yeah. So. I, thought that, I thought that was interesting. It's almost like you see, you, you see the band narrating a story. You know what I mean? Even though it's in the first person, it's almost like it's a narration when you look at it. Like they're on the outside just talking about what's going on. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I could see that. Kind of like Ezra's character at times, the holiday music video. I was going to say This Life. That too. Yeah. He's not even partaking in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Good point. Yeah. Look at us referencing 
all these music videos. It's all one song. We have, <laughs> we have way too much fanfare weekend knowledge <laughs> at this point. Yeah, we, I don't want to say we're the foremost authority, but I mean, I would say probably more so than the average, you know, guy on the street. I mean, it's got to be like, <laughs> it's got to be like top, like 200 maybe at this we're point. We're also straight up like i i do want to say this as far as we're aware we are the only podcast that does what we do <laughs> yeah. i think that's pretty cool yeah right yeah. i don't know um well there there was a reddit thread uh earlier this week um that was asking that was really popular on the front page so i was asking for uh songs that sound happy but are really quite sad lyrically and so, of course, I had to use the show's account and dive in um, to one, Blake's got a new face because, um, yeah, it's insane. But yeah. it's just, <laughs> there's no other way to describe it. No, I was talking it was about Metallica. So was, weird. Yeah, I was talking about Metallica with a friend a couple of weeks ago, and that came up somehow. And I, I got to throw a little well, actually, because, you know, I host a Vampire Weekend podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like It's that. so messed up, though. It is so messed up. I, I can't believe we, like, it almost honestly feels like looking back on it, like, I haven't listened to that episode in a while, but, like, it almost feels like we talked about it too casually for how messed up it is. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I couldn't sleep for, like, a few days, so. <laughs> Yikes! So, no. Nah. After seeing the music video for one and doing while doing research now. <laughs> oh, when they intercut the scenes from the movie. It's, yeah. Anyway. Ah. All right. This, well, let's this get is a, This is a much more uh, fun and uh, easy go lucky critique on the wealthy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we can dive in. Um, so, you said there's only two verses to the song, it's pretty short, pretty simple. Um, but you said that you think the two verses are the same. I think they're similar, you know, and I, I, it seems like the internet has a consensus on what this second verse means. Um, it was just my initial thought because obviously they're verses to a song, so they have similar structure, mm-hmm. but it does seem like we're carrying a similar theme between the two verses because frankly, otherwise I don't see why they would be in the same song. And yeah. I know we talk about this era of the band being more of a collage era, but I think there's there's a reason why these are paralleled in such a manner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with that in mind, I was thinking today we can compare line by line for verse one to verse two. Let's do that then. Like you said, I, th- I think they do compare. So the first line in the song, I see a mansard roof through the trees. And then in verse two, that's flipped to the Argentines collapse in defeat. Yeah, I think for this part, I actually think this reads better if you flip lines one and two of the mm. second verse. Because um, I think I think just, I mean, thematically that fits better. We take a look at the Argentines collapsing in defeat with I see a salty message written in the eaves. I mean, either way, we're looking out on some either sad site, some nasty site, something of that sort that's the way i initially read it at first i see i see that makes sense um so what is a mansard roof kevin so a mansard roof i'm glad you asked me that nico so i had to look this up because i wasn't quite sure exactly what it meant but upon seeing it 
you know exactly what it looks like and definitely look up a picture of this if you're not familiar. But the idea is it is it is a roof of a building that on each side there are two slopes, kind of a longer, steeper slope, and then a shorter, a shallower section that kind of comes to the top of the roof. Um, and the way that works is you have your like top story that's below the roof, but the way this is configured is you can actually allow for habitable space kind of quote unquote in the roof. So you'll see these um, in cities. Uh, they were originally very popular in France, but you'll see these where you have the end of your top story facade, be it brick, whatever it is. And then you have the roof portion, but there'll still be windows coming up because that's habitable space. Uh, so they were originally very popular in France, but the 1916 New York City zoning resolution, which was the first of its type in the country, required tall buildings to have setbacks. Basically, it couldn't just be a straight up facade. There had to be some sort of setback for whatever reason. And that is why the Mansur roof becomes, became so popular is because that counted as a setback because you kind of would swoop it up and then away, even if it was just the last few feet of the building. So these are very popular in New York City. You see plenty of examples of them there um, and a few other parts of the country as well, but notably New York City. Um, so that's why I think our setting, at least this first verse, is New York City or at the very least the greater tri-state area. Yeah, we get, we get that hit in the music video because they're looking at that nautical map of central Jersey and Manhattan, obviously. Yeah, they're selling from Jersey to Manhattan. Um, but which is it's I think it's so weird because it's it's this place that you looked at a map of a million times. It's New York City, cultural capital of the world, and yet you've never seen a nautical map of it. I thought that was funny. Yeah, just the concept of a nautical map of Manhattan is just a little strange. It's just me. a completely different life. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I definitely think the setting in the first verse uh, happens to be Columbia, New York, because um, the second line says, I see a salty message written in the eaves, which is actually a lot of people think a reference to um, beat poet Allen Ginsberg's stay at Columbia, specifically in a dorm in Hartley Hall. Um, and so Ginsburg was punished by university officials for um, using the window pane to draw phallic imagery and leaving uh, very horrible messages. Um, yeah, I'm sure this, the author of the message very, thought they were pretty very, fun. Very anti-Semitic, so I don't oh, know where, oh, yeah, well, that, yeah. yeah, in that case, we disavow. No, yeah. Just, in that case, we disavow. Sorry I was about very that. confused on that one. Um, but... Um, the Columbia yeah, apparently this was a like a well-known um, thing that the, the, the beat poet would do. So, um, so yeah, it makes sense that they're, this is still their heavily collegiate air. So they're, they're going to definitely re reference their college days as me and Kevin do on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so one in the same, um, but, but yeah, so I, what where why are we in argentina kevin so i actually didn't quite dig up too much on this and since i did the mansard okay. roof i'm gonna let you take this okay one. i can take this one i, I know what we're talking about but so, i didn't go super deep on it so folks the falklands war was a large uh international affair 
that uh, was a 10 week affair that occurred in 1982. Which is just so recent to me. You know what I I'm know. saying? Like, yeah. that's crazy. It was an undeclared war because countries don't typically declare war that often anymore because they want to say, oh, we're just, it's a territorial dispute. It's Let's like, no, that's, yeah. that's a war. <laughs> um, and so it was between um, the UK and Argentina. Um, so it's this island that's off the coast of Argentina that was a British territory, but Argentina had tried to claim. Um, they had military um, tension and I think fought multiple times in the 1920s, I believe, or maybe 1910s, which Brit the UK just essentially decimated Argentina and said no. <laughs> and so this happened again in 1980s in Argentina specifically invaded this island because they thought the UK wouldn't care enough and would just leave but the UK a lot of them didn't care and a lot of them argued that they should just leave um, but the islanders were people whose ancestry came from the UK and so they were really insistent on it remaining a UK territory. Um, and there was also a lot of disagreement within the UK government about whether to actually uh, put military forces into this. Um, but in the end, they decided to have this 10 week undeclared war um, in which essentially, again, the UK decimated Argentina because the UK's military is pretty strong still, even, even if it's not the peak of what it was um, in the 18th century, it's still very strong, especially the Navy. And so um, this was actually, I, I thought when reading a little bit about this was more interesting, not in why they cared about the territory but how it roped in the rest of the world. So at the time it was the height of the Cold War and the US didn't wanna get involved because they didn't really care, but they were afraid that Argentina might be supported by the Soviet Union. And so didn't want a USSR backed um, government to win a war. And so the US actually let the UK borrow a lot of their naval ships. Um, and then the USSR never officially entered the conflict, but there's a lot of people who think that the USSR had a hand in um, helping shoot down one of the, the uh, planes, I think, or something like that. So, um, or maybe it was a sinking of a ship. Yeah, I think, anyway. So it was kind of this like quasi war between the US and USSR amongst the many during the Cold War. Uh, I think so, we, oh, go ahead. Sorry. So it's, it's a long convoluted war um, with a lot of strings attached for a territory that essentially no one cared about. Yeah, it, to me, what strikes me when you explain the thing in full is how antiquated it feels you know it feels like the sort of thing that the brits would have done in the 1700s or like we would have done during the gilded age like 1870s and yet this happened in 1982 yeah that is so strange to me 
And at the same time, knowing what we know about the band, it makes a lot of sense that this is the sort of thing they would be interested in. Because when you just hear the words, the Argentines collapse in defeat, the Admiralty surveys the remnants of the fleet, it feels like 1750, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't Definitely. believe Argent- Argentina was was a, a country at the time, but whatever we're feeling is evoked. I mean, we're, we're, we're feeling like this is not some sort of modern day conflict. And yet that's exactly what it is. Yeah, definitely. The wording definitely has this connotation of antiquity. So that's a unique thought here. Um, and so I guess I can see the salty message tying up with the Argentines somewhat in that manner. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you in the first verse matching more up with the second verse. Uh, our first line matching more up with the second line. I see him answered roof through the trees. The Admiralty surveys the remnants of the fleet. And then if you go to the next one, I see a salty message written in the eaves. The Argentines uh, collapse in defeat. Yeah, it's, it's not a perfect match, but um, it, it kind of parallels this contemporary imagery in New York um, while in college and this low stakes environment that nothing's really happening. Uh, It's more just like, oh, look, someone wrote something salty like on that uh, building compared to this uh, war that people died in uh, and a war that people tried to claim was not a war. um, But if you actually talk about it, it definitely sounds more like the uh, territorial disputes from the 1700s, like we said. Yeah, I think there's a, I think what you're saying kind of leads me to one of my main cruxes of the song um, is that this is largely an apathetic song. You know, and it's funny because we have such great imagery here, seeing a mansard roof of the trees. You see that when you hear these lyrics. And then we'll get into these these uh, this, these next few lines. But the ground beneath my feet, the hot garbage and concrete—it's this—it's this visceral idea. I mean, you're standing on the street in New York City, and then the song just ends with, or the verse just ends with, "I can see them too." It's mm-hmm. it's kind of lazy, you know. It's it's just a casual observation, and I think the idea of these people like literally hanging out on a sailboat in the music video uh, definitely plays into that. Yeah, it's. It definitely a large contrast between the two verses yet at the same time they're similar enough um so yeah diving into that third line the ground beneath my feet the hot garbage and concrete uh and now the tops of buildings i can see them too the first thing i thought of with the hot garbage and concrete was the taxi cab lyric um nostalgic for nostalgia for garbage mm-hmm. um so um, I think Ezra seems to like using that um, in an alliterative way, flipping the meaning. But um, yeah, I've never been in New York in the summer, but apparently it just smells terrible. Oh, okay. Apparently, apparently the city just smells bad. And nothing against New Yorkers, I do like New York, but apparently this is just hearsay. This is what this is what people have told me. Um, <laughs> so, in in that sense, I mean, a good amount of the world might be familiar with what New York City smells like in the summer. And that gives you another layer of, of imagery here. Yeah. And not, and not that many words. Yeah, I don't. I don't hot, hot garbage is an uncomfortable 
thing to think about. <laughs> you don't want to be called hot garbage. No, no, not really. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if the Midwestern and Texan can really talk too much about New York in the summer, but no. But that's what we hear from friends of the show. <laughs> friends of the show. <laughs> Um, um yeah so then the that's art- all i've got there really i don't know if it's really saying anything more than exactly what it's saying to me yeah I, I think it's just like we said this first verse sets the scene of this kind of lazy lackadaisical sunday where they're just like strolling across the quad seeing a mansard roof saying hey look at that message um and then contrasting it with verse two where it goes on to say the ground beneath their feet is a nautically map sheet as thin as paper while it slips away from view. So I really like this line. And so I, I think it's saying how it may say on the map that this belongs to Argentina um, for them. But if, um, if the UK beats them in the war, then it doesn't belong to Argentina anymore. It slips away from view. It's just thin paper that can be broken any time. I never really thought about it, but like if you look at a map and you're going to war, there could be a thought of like, yeah, we're going to get that. <laughs> like my grandparents used to have a globe that just said Korea. Oh, really? And that was just so cool to me. I mean, like obviously the Korean War was not cool and the North Korean regime is definitely not cool, but I thought it was very interesting to me to see just Korea. And how that yeah. changed in just a few years. Well, I thought you were going to say USSR because that's a lot. Well, more yeah, common, you see that but... a lot, but the Korea one yeah, I've that's... never seen before. Yeah, I've never <laughs> seen that one. Um, I know the one that's most common is uh, Sudan because that was a really oh yeah. Split. I think I think the basement the, the the map I have in my parents' basement is I don't think it has has Sudan. Yeah, it probably wouldn't because that was really recent. Yeah, that was like. That was high school. No, yeah. It was like 2014, I think. Let's see. When did South Sudan? New country just dropped. Yeah. <laughs> 2011. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't. Wow. Hmm. I remember when it happened. I, I can't picture a scenario where I was in seventh grade just talking to my friends about it, but I guess it, I did. <laughs> Also, what's the deal? Um, apparently, the Olympics call Taiwan Chinese Taipei. Oh, really? Because the rest of the world doesn't recognize Taiwan as a country. I think, yeah. can we, as a podcast, be pro-Taiwan? <laughs> I, I am pro-Taiwan. <laughs> I, you know, okay, all right. Vampire Weekdays, a podcast is officially pro-Taiwan. Taking the bold, bold stand. <laughs> The CCP is totally going to, yeah, we're done. We're done. The government is shutting us down. (laughs) We shouldn't joke. This actually actually does happen to the Chinese folks. And well, it's probably too late for us already. (laughs) Yeah, not great. Anyway, we're taking bold stances on Vampire (laughs) Weekday today, Um, affirming nations' independences. Um, Yeah, but. (laughs) <laughs> i don't know why we got on that but we're pro time because we were talking about maps the olympics yeah well, we were talking about how we were talking about how the the brits could see the argentine falkland islands and realize that could be us it's yeah. game time and they did it did you see how in the olympics uh the russian athletes 
are not Russia, they're the Russian like, Olympic Russian. Committee, right? Yeah, yeah. ROC. Because yeah. Russia's just like violated so They've many Olympic very rules. Perm, very yeah. perm banned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they still want to compete. What is that? What does that lose? Because like the no, individual athletes nothing. still, yeah, I was going to say the individual athletes still like keep the medal. Yeah, it's probably better for the athletes, to be honest. You think so? Yeah, because now they don't have to like deal with Russia. I, I guess the Russian Olympic Committee is still Russia, though. So I how I many how many how many like world superpowers are we gonna piss off in, in today's episode? <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going for them all. <laughs> uh, we've got the two big ones. Yeah, like we, we have. I mean, we've talked talk, bad we've, about the U.S. before. I was gonna say we've did. We've been pretty openly communist at times in the show, so we really are pissing off everybody. <laughs> I feel like you, you, you can't run a Vampire Weekend podcast and not run into communist themes. Have a little a communism every now and then. There's yeah. a treat. <laughs> the CD said, said vaccinated people can have a little communism. A little a communism? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, this is, a, this is a fun song. It might not mean much, and I think that is kind of the point. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I, I agree. It's a nice little start to get a vibe I, going and get a theme into the album. And now you're ready to go. Now you got that coll- collegiate academic setting ready to go. Imagine the day you're walking down, walking on the quad at Columbia. You see the mansard roof. You see the salty message. It's New York City, baby. Hot garbage and concrete. You can see the tall buildings in the distance. Then you go to your... I don't know, international affairs class, you talk about the Falkland Islands War. That's it right there. That's This is the whole song. Yeah, I was about it's to cl- say, I really think that's exactly what happened. That's what it is. Yeah. There's no way, because it's not like I, any of them were alive during this. So 82, a, I think Ezra was like 84, 85. Yeah, so, um, they're all I mean, the either age. way. Either way. Yeah. So, like, it had to be them just taking a class and being like, yeah, oh, that's cool. I'll write a song about it. That's all that's all it needs to be. It's kind of like campus. Like campus is really just about some some girl this guy was chasing, and then maybe some woke colonialism stuff, but like Bryn wasn't that much, you know. I mean, there a lot of these songs in the first record didn't have that much to them, and that's okay. Yeah it is okay for a song to just be good it doesn't have literally to just hanging out yeah it doesn't have to be lyrically <laughs> insane i mean we got one blake's got a new face to fill in for the rest of them that's so true that yeah, does enough for everything pulling a lot of weight <laughs> but yeah favorite lyric i see a man to roof the trees really wow okay yeah um i'm gonna go the ground beneath their feet is a nautically map sheet that's good i dig yeah um and then top Top five five. uh this life stranger unbelievers i feel like there's one i missed a couple weeks ago that i wanted to put in there um let me put everlasting arms the number four spot um that grew i can't put shuffle for me and that grew on me a lot um, and then in the five hole, let's go with, I don't know, <laughs> uh, Walcott. It's been a while for me. I got to yes. think about this more, but like, I feel confident. <laughs> like I said, I feel confident once we get to these next 20-ish songs. 
it's going to be a good list. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to go Flower Moon. I think that's pretty set at one for a that, Yeah, it's really good. And then um, I'll go Everlasting Arms, Unbearably White, Unbelievers, and um, ooh, Five is Hard. Um, we belong together, sure. Perfect. <laughs> we have two unique. Oh, we you both we both had unbelievers. Other than that, we almost had unique lists. I've said everlasting arms. Oh, you did. Too. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Well, shows you how much I pay attention. <laughs> Yikes! So the hat for this week is a Spurs hat again because the NBA draft uh, happened recently and also free agency. Um, DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gay, Patty Mills, you'll be missed. Loved by the San Antonio community. Um, but it is the youth movement now. It is the youth movement, and that's why you got Bryn Forbes, no, NBA please champion. No, please, no. <laughs> I was so NBA, cha- NBA champion. I don't know a single Spurs fan who was happy about that signing. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> he was on the Spurs before he went to you guys. You do know is that. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I totally missed his offseason signing. I'm a Bucs fan, by the way. Um, the Bucs won the 2021 NBA championship. Casey forgot. Totally happened. Um, I forgot. I totally missed his offseason signing. He just shows up. Um, and, he's, and he balled for a few games. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, song for next week is Sympathy off of Father of the Bride. Okay. Yeah. This could be an opinionated one. I so think this goes. was initially my favorite off of Flower to Bride. It didn't and I think stay a lot of way, but... a lot of people like this one. Uh, the car companies like this one. Um, Apple, <laughs> Apple loves Watch. this one. <laughs> Apple loves this one. Um, so I, I we'll, never get that. <laughs> we'll have a good time here. Yeah. yeah. So tune in next week for uh, sympathy. Take it easy, folks. Um, um.